We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the through door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, the NBA Draft Reaction Podcast. We're coming to you live. I think the draft is at about pick 50 now, but the Thunder have made their four selections for the night. And so we are now back with you guys live, breaking down everything that happened in the NBA and with the OKC Thunder this evening. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. Got Taylor Peterson with me. What a night, gentlemen. What a night. We've got J.D. Silva. Two Jalen Williams. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> Call me Armoravian is here. Hey, I'm just chilling. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And last, but certainly not least, Nick Crane. Still shook because I thought we had Jabari in the bag for about <laughs> six seconds. Thanks, Chris Haynes. Just long enough for you to delete your chat story. Sad stuff. Uh, well, gentlemen, it's been a day. We just did a three and a half hour long live stream. Woo! We saw a roller coaster of things happen throughout the first round. The Thunder somehow come out of this draft with four players. Three in the top 12. Just an overall kind of insane night. So this podcast is really just designed to be our immediate draft reactions. To really just talk about how tonight went, how we felt. We've got all summer to see what these guys look like in the gym and in two summer leagues. To break down what the fit looks like, all that. So we're not going to dive too deep into that tonight. but. God, there's just there's so much to talk about. And so let's start logically at the very tippy top of the draft. Where about 15 minutes before the draft starts, we get a very, very interesting 
Adrian Wojnarowski tweet that says, hey, you know how we've been telling you it's Jabari Smith Jr. at number one to Orlando for the past month? Hold on a second. And we all thought, oh, this is a move. Uh, they're trying to get Houston to trade up. Houston's bought in on Paulo. They're not going to pass on Jabari. Yada, yada, yada. Woj tweets two more times. And then we get on the actual clock. And it is Paulo Bancaro, number one overall to the Orlando Magic. So initial thoughts just on the crazy shakeup at the top, guys. I mean, we kept hearing over and over, right, that the two big, not mysteries, that would be the wrong term there, but like that Orlando <clears throat> at pick one and OKC at pick two are two very secretive franchises that play everything very close to the vest. And, you know, there's no telling what could happen. However, the consensus was that, you know, Orlando would pick Jabari at one and OKC probably take Chet's at, takes Chet at two, but like Paulo's a potential, you know, it has a uh, opportunity to be drafted there. Paulo doesn't even Paolo, whatever. <laughs> ben Caro doesn't even go to his his draft workout that he has scheduled on Monday. Apparently, he has a Zoom meeting with them on Wednesday, and they end up taking him. And I think my reaction to you all on the on the live stream it was Justin and, and us were at that point. And I I think I told you all like what a fantastic job by the Orlando front office. I thought it was smokescreen at the very end, uh, utilizing it at the perfect time to try and get Houston to move up. And I said, if I were Houston, I'd, you know, I wouldn't take the bait. I, I would, I would see if Orlando would just do it, and they did. And I, I think it was the the right choice. Um, just think it was a great, great move by Orlando to keep that so close to the vest until the very end. Just a, a pause to Orlando. I think is my initial reaction. The fact that you got Woj spinning around is that's a success story, right? Like mm -hmm. usually you can trust what he says. Um, the betting markets went crazy last night and this morning, as soon oh, as they've Woj been kind of put out wonky for like five days, right? Yeah. And then Woj puts out a nothing to see here tweet and they, they pull it off the board at most places. Uh huh. And then, yeah, like right before the draft, yep. you get that. Well, actually this this may not be settled. Shout out to guys like, you know, Sam Vecini, who really said he didn't think it was as settled as everybody else thought it was. He, he wrote all the way up until the draft of like, I think there's still a chance it's not Jabari. It, so it wasn't everybody that was calling it that, but there was definitely a lot of smoke there. And the fact that he didn't work out for them is the part that gets me like, I, I expected to hear once they picked him like, oh, they had a secret workout for him, but that that wasn't the Agreed. case. And that's that's wild to me that mm -hmm. that they didn't even bring him in to watch him in person, that something must have clicked that made them feel that confident to make the pick. And because of comments like that from Vicini and other people saying that, hey, my, it's not 100% that they're taking Jabari. My, my assumption was that if they're going to take someone else, it's going to be Chet the whole time. And then mm -hmm. I, I guess that must have been one hell of a Zoom meeting. Or maybe they had, maybe they had a <laughs> private workout. There. Maybe, maybe they've had a private workout that just no one knows about. What was the uh, Woj tweet? Uh, the the Clippers bringing in Blake Griffin. Uh, tears were shed. Yes. I don't know. That that that's what yeah. happened. That zooming with Ben Carroll. <laughs> they photoshopped him on the Mount Rushmore, comparing to Martin to Martin Luther King. It was glorious. <laughs> right. 
just incredible. Like, <laughs> because I mean, there was there was so much information out there. You had so many people saying, "Well, Ben Carroll could go number one realistically," and everybody's like, "No, it's like that, like maybe, but definitely not likely. It's, it's most likely because like everybody, like so so many people and people that you trust with check marks, right? They were saying no, like it it's gonna be Jabari." And then OKC's pretty locked in. Like Sam Presti wants Chet. So unless, you know, Orlando chooses Chet, um, OKC will have to do, go a different way. Uh, but it's been pretty clear that Chet was definitely like OKC's guy from the get-go. Um, and then Houston was, was just going to get what was left over, right? Between Ivy and one of the, one of the other two. And um, it's just so interesting that Last second, it was, yeah, Bancaro is officially number one, and OKC already knew what they were going to get. They fell right in the line, and Houston finds themselves with Jabari Smith Jr. now uh, instead of uh, kind of a more, like, kind of like really big playmaker guy, but Jamari, Jabari Smith makes them obviously better, and they're going to continue to be bad and get even better, just like OKC. I think the most interesting thing to me was – Tonight made two things clear. One, Chet Holmgren was number one on Sam Presti's board. But he was number three on both Houston and um, Orlando's boards. That's fascinating. Well, Nick, great point. You mentioned Chet, so let's let's get straight into it with the number two overall pick. Uh, no surprises. The Thunder draft Chet Holmgren. Uh, I think... Not Fred Katz, Andy Katz, who covers the college basketball world, mm-hmm. tweeted out something tonight that it has been um, kind of an open secret for months now that the Thunder were in love with Chet Holmgren. I believe Woj said on the broadcast tonight that if the Thunder landed pick one, he thinks they would have taken Chet Holmgren. Uh, a, a lot of signs pointing to, I, I believe it was two nights ago, Woj on ESPN on their mock draft show uh, said something to the extent of, I think Chet Holmgren has been the focus of Oklahoma city this entire time. Said that tonight too. It seems like Sam Presti got his guy. And we've talked about this for a long time, dating all the way back to like September of 2021, that Chet Holmgren was this archetype of player that really fit what Sam Presti and what this team is kind of building towards, which is length, versatility, IQ, um, passing acumen, toughness. I just want to get everybody's thoughts. How do we feel now that Chet is officially a member of the OKC Thunder? How do we like, again, we don't want to dive too deep into this because we could spend days on this topic. But how do we like the fit with the quote-unquote core of Oklahoma City and Chet arguably being the crown jewel in Presti's ambitious rebuild? I think uh, the most interesting thing is this era of Thunder is so different. Mm-hmm. No, st- you have, Instead of Steven Adams, who is this humongous, strong, traditional center, you have this skinny, modern three-point shooting center. Instead of this electric dunk on your head, 
super outgoing, you know, jaw at the ref, Russell Westbrook. You have SGA, who's very methodical, plays below the rim, kind of level-headed. It's just it's just a different feel, and, and that's not a bad thing, but it's just the, the prospects they're putting together, and this is kind of what happens when the NBA changes. But I, I think, to answer the question, I think it's refreshing to have – I know bigs in the modern NBA like don't get paid, and and ultimately people are like nervous to give them big money. But I think Chet's a little bit different. Like he does a lot more than the DeAndre Aytons, and he's got the defensive upside of Rudy Gobert, but does a lot more offensively. Can stretch the floor. I'm just excited that Oklahoma City got a guy that can do literally everything. Well, you said if if he has the defensive upside of Rudy Gobert, which I think is like that's a high ceiling, but like. If you can be Rudy Gobert with a jump shot, like that's terrifying. And that's, yes. I mean, that's a realistic thing that he could be. I think people see the the long, skinny white guy and the lazy comparisons. Poku. If Poku's not on the Thunder, how do Thunder fans view Chet right now? I think it's probably very differently because really point, I think, I think we're, we're trying to look, we're trying to fit him into a box. And the point is, he doesn't fit in a box. He's way more physical than Poku probably will ever be. He's got a wider frame. He can bench press more than Kevin Durant did when Kevin Durant came into the <laughs> That's league. That's important. And, and like Kevin Durant's not a scrub anymore. Like he's not scrawny. He's not getting pushed around. Like he can hold his own in the paint. Mm-hmm. And Chet's Chet's coming in ahead of where Kevin Durant was in the strength department. We'll obviously have to see how that translates on the court, but like the kid's got toughness. And if you think he's just going to be like another kind of skinny Bambi learning to run, yep. you're going to be surprised. That's not him. He is hard nosed. I mean, give him hell 110% of the time. Uh, yes, yes, yes. He's got that dog in him. I'm so glad you said that. He got that dog in him. He got that dog in him. <laughs> that boy good. I just think it. I think I think the pick is so interesting because obviously Presti knew what he wanted and knew what he had it had. And he he obviously selected his guy early on. Um, and and I don't think it's a thing where he would just like was stuck with him as far as being a prospect. I think it was a guy that he was enamored with as far as saying, hey, um, he can take bigger guys, obviously, they would have to be a you know a bigger you know, center or power forward. Take them off the dribble, uh, give them a, a couple couple moves, and still finish with the other hand going righty or lefty. Uh, that's pretty impressive um, because he was a, a guard growing up and just sk- skyrocketed up um, as a human being, which is incredible. Um, that would be like if uh, I suddenly turned into Justin's height overnight, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> go look at the picture of all of us which perry jones it's pretty comical how <laughs> justin and perry raising the bar perry are just like almost like like the same height or and whatever Jacob, and then like me, and then there's call me yeah basically me and taylor looked like short like way shorter than a normal like we looked like hobbits in that picture. mike Wazowski over in yeah the it was it wasn't great <laughs> but no but you know it's the thing is that he can do a lot of things for you offensively he can pick and pop he can take off the dribble he has a kind of a dirk move he would just have to like perfect it and get a little bit stronger that's normal stuff especially for a guy his size 
Um, he's going to be in a proper uh, weight and conditioning, uh, conditioning and nutrition program now. Uh, a lot better than probably what Gonzaga had, despite the fact that Gonzaga was a private institution. They probably had the best at stuff like that in the world, but maybe not the best best training staff as a school. Um, and then you have to consider, of course, like you guys just said, his defensive upside. Not only can he be an elite shot blocker, um, he the, the guy has toughness. Yeah, he's got the dog in him, whatever. Uh, but he's going to get bigger. Um, and he, and he can hold his own in the paint. But not only that, his lateral quickness is second to none. He's pretty incredibly, like, incredible laterally and not just a guy that has to drop or hedge or too much. He can cover space pretty rapidly. And even when he goes, when like other defenders or not defenders, ball handlers dive into his chest, he's able to keep his chest out and still swat with his hands down because his wingspan is so large or so long. It, it's 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 wild. Uh, and that's what OKC's getting in that pick. And I'm really happy with it. For what it's worth, Sam Vecini has been saying recently on podcasts and in his mock draft, Chet Holmgren has the best defensive anticipation of any prospect he's ever scouted. Yep. I was going to admit, yep. Wow. Yep. I've never Justin, heard that. I hadn't heard that. Justin yeah. mentioned if he can become anything close to Rudy Gobert with a jump shot, you've got something special. Like Rudy Gobert's won Defensive Player of the Year three times, mm-hmm. four times, right? I don't know if Chet ever gets to Defensive Player of the Year level. But, I mean... Vecini, in that same Vecini, Vecini, Gavoni, a lot of them say, this is a potential Defensive Player of the Year guy. If well, you can you. get that that level of an of a defensive anchor that has ball skills and a three point jumper and can play not as the screener but come off of pin downs, I'm I'm very anxious to see what Chet's offense looks like, and I think we're gonna get a glimpse of that at summer league. Yep, because I think Gonzaga put the training wheels on him, paired him with another big. In all of his minutes, yep. in Oklahoma City, they're going to play five out. So yep. that was the last thing I wanted to touch on because I think you all covered Chet pretty well as a, a prospect for, in college. But I think the thing that I keep going back to, and I mentioned this in the group chat I'm in with the Warner West and Donnie Hazelwood, but like, I, there's so much going on tonight. There's been so, and, and prior to tonight, we've been so like analytical mode, breaking down these prospects, even comparing this draft to last year's draft. I don't think, at least like speaking for me personally, I've appreciated the Thunder getting the number two overall pick for starters and yeah. taking a prospect like Chet Holmgren. And what I mean by that is what Jacob was alluding to. I literally remember three, four years ago watching this kid in high school being like, oh my gosh, I hope the Thunder can get this kid because he is capable of so much more. I know, uh, I think Silva, you mentioned on Wednesday's podcast last night, we were talking about the the matchup that was on ESPN here a couple of years ago, where it was him and Amani Bates going yeah. head-to-head yeah. Yeah. on ESPN in a, in a high school matchup, right? And I think what we see there is a player who's much more versatile, like to Jacob's point that he showed, then he was able to show in Gonzaga. Uh, we're going to see a player who plays a lot more in transition, I've said this for two straight years, this Thunder team and what Presti's trying to build. And that was, again, enforced tonight with these different picks. They're at their best when they're pushing the floor in transition. Chet's going to be fantastic in, with that, being able to grab the, the, the ball and, and push it in transition, but also being able to run the floor in transition, vertical lob th- threat, vertical spacer, trailer, 
uh, from three uh, in transition. And that's just one aspect of his game. Obviously, you guys touched on a lot of the other aspects. I'm just very excited. And again, just kind of in a nutshell, I, th- I, I just keep thinking back to like how fun he was to watch in high school, how excited I was to have him or to watch him as the prospect. And he's with OKC now. And I think we need to, re- yeah. need to remember that when uh, a lot of you guys mentioned, you know, the Thunder have had their eye on him for a long time now. Well, yeah, that's- ex- excited is is what I keep going back to. The more and more we're all processing this together and how big of a moment this was as a Thunder fan for the Thunder organization on its own, just getting a prospect that is so unique and that we have known about for so long and that has been so hyped. It feels the, the rebuild. It feels like the rebuild is coming to fruition. It's not over yet. We all know that, but we're, we are last year. What I think we all can agree was the lowest that, that we will be. And it feels, it feels really good. I'm, I could not be more excited for next season, honestly, with, with all these guys we got, and the direction the Thunder had, go, just looking back, like whenever I became a Thunder fan, this is going to age the hell out of me. I was, uh, says the youngest guy on the podcast. Age, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? You see, mother. Age me, age yeah. me in reverse. Age yeah. me in reverse. Yeah. Uh, like Benjamin. I was, when I was a baby watching I, I Kevin Durant. Yeah, literally. No, I, I got into the Thunder when I was like 14, 15. And James Harden was traded when I was 16. I, was, I remember being at my first job, closing up shop. James Harden gets traded. So like things have just kind of been, things have been very well established with the Thunder since then, um, and it's been you know, a lot of ups and downs, uh, a lot of struggling, and it's just awesome to get another fresh prospect like Chet in the building, along with the other extremely talented guys that we have on the roster already. Um, could could not be more excited. That's what I keep thinking about the more we talk about this. Yep, we'll get on to some of these other guys that the Thunder drafted in just a moment. Before we do. I want to touch on the idea of trades because we have talked ourselves to death about draft pick trades for the past month. A, after tonight, Lou Dort is still on this team. That's a big deal. For now. B, after tonight, the Thunder still own the draft rights to Michich. Who would have guessed? Who knew that was going to happen? Maybe less of a big that's deal. That's mean. <laughs> the guy that's been flirting with coming over to get a better contract over in Europe for the past five years? Who Maybe gets traded this summer and I look like a jackass right here. I don't care. <laughs> I predicted, and it, it was me, Taylor, and Silva on the pod last night. We did some bold predictions. I predicted that this would be the year where instead of adding to the treasure trove of assets, this would be the year that the Thunder come out of the draft with less assets than they went in with. And they spent draft picks tonight, guys. How surprising, before we get into what draft picks they spent and what they spent them on, how surprised are you on like a level of 1 to 10 that Presti dipped into the war chest and spent some of the savings account to make a move? Zero. We've literally said this entire time and we've preached to the people on Twitter that keep saying Presty loves picks. He'll trade Shea for six more. The reason you have picks is to get guys you love. Sam Presty clearly loves Jang. He went and got him. Whether he's good or not, he got a guy that he loved. And that's why you have the stash of assets. And it's going to happen again, whether it's draft night or in a trade. 
it's going to happen again. And that's why you have them. And I think at first when we looked at it, we were like, oh man, they only have like one, maybe two picks in 2023. And I like, that's not very many. Um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, we've talked about it for so long. You're going to have to overpay for a guy you like, and they did it. You got to be okay with it. That's why you got them. Yep. I think that's, that's what was most enlightening is like, we, we now kind of have our first look at the value of those picks. They've been hypothetical for years now. And like, how many picks would it take to package to move up to X? How many picks would it take to get this pick? How many, how many picks would it take to, to go get this guy? This is our first peek at like what those picks are valued at. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's super fascinating. I think like you said said Nick, that's been the narrative of like, oh, the Thunder have so many picks, people aren't going to just take one because they know the Thunder have more. I think that's true to an extent, but I think it can be hyperbolized a little bit of like, oh, you know, if Sam Presti calls me, I'm going to make him give me 10 picks before I even pick up the phone. Like I don't think it's going to get to that level, but like three picks could be a good haul for the Knicks. They're pretty heavily protected. Like from a Thunder perspective, I feel pretty good about what they did. They didn't give away their own pick. All the picks they gave away were heavily protected. They were acquired via other trades. I think that, you know, you go get the guy you want now and you let the Knicks kick the can down the road for whatever reason they want to do that. Um, But this is what we're going to see more of. I think you're dead on Nick. It's going to happen next year. Probably going to happen the year after that. These picks are not going to last forever and they're not all going to convey. And somehow the Thunder still took four guys tonight. Like they're, yeah. they're still going to bring guys in, but that's why their treasure trove is so ridiculous is they can bring a bunch of guys in and still be able to trade, you know, three, four, five draft picks, which is just bizarre. We've kept on saying that the picks are currency in the NBA and OKC. I mean, to like what you just said, Justin, like, he, uh, or maybe it was Nick, whatever, Jang, Presti really, really liked Jang for some reason. And like, you take the currency you have, like, into your yep. credit, like you just said. I mean, they are heavily protected from a lottery perspective. Um, so, like, that would be that, that and like, for like multiple years in a row for some. Um, and you own like OKC's last pick in the lottery is the 12th pick, which is a, a pretty okay pick to be to, to, to have. And you're getting a pretty yeah, good, pretty good player from that point on from one to 12. OKC owns a quarter of the top 12 picks in the NBA draft um, of guys they've heavily scouted over the past year and a half or two. Like it's, it's incredible uh, to, to know that. And like Usman Jang, he just got a lot better as the season went on um, when in the NBL, when he got a lot more playing time. Uh, I really love Jalen Williams from, from uh, Santa Clara. I I think he's like a really good playmaker. Uh, really love his catch and shoot percentage. Um, and I, and of course I've already spoken my piece on Jang. What made me really chuckle actually at the, I was wa- I was watching the ESPN feed for a little bit. What made me laugh was they had a, a, a comparison for Bancaro. They had comparisons for Jaden Ivey, and they had a comparison for Jabari Smith Jr. And like I, I laughed. They're like, we don't really know what 
po- uh, what, what, yeah, Poku, what Chet Holmgren <laughs> is like, he's kind yeah. of a, a unicorn. They're like, he's a Kristaps, but he's, you know, has a lot more abilities, but also kind of a baby Giannis. It was hilarious because like, they didn't know he, like you said, like he che- like earlier on the stream, like he checks all these weird boxes yep. and he's such a unique prospect. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. So no, uh, after that rant, I'm not surprised you use picks because you owned a quarter <laughs> of the top 12 picks in the NBA draft. I think what I told Jacob and, and Silva here earlier is like, I'm not surprised to, like you said, Kamir, that he used picks to trade up and maybe depending on how you looked at it, overpaid for one of his guys. What shocks me is the fact that I thought he would do that to consolidate and move up in the draft. Yeah. Instead, we end up with four rookies, not three, like the three picks of the OKC had four rookies coming into this team, which yeah. is just fascinating. Well, and leads us to into another conversation. And, and really. We thought that the picks, we thought it was a trade 12 plus yep. picks to get to 11. Right. We did. They, I think that's pretty, that as time goes on and we'll have all summer to, to talk about all this type of stuff. This is a really important piece though, that I think we really have to dissect. This wasn't a trade to move up. Hey, we have something Mm -hmm. a little less valuable tonight. We're going to give you some future stuff and something less valuable to move up. They essentially just bought pick 11 from New York. And I think that's significant in a couple of areas. Yep. Number one, they identified that the Knicks were desperate. <laughs> they want to clear cap space that bad for Jalen Brunson. Like, seriously? But two, like, we were talking, oh, if they don't do Dort, what does it take? Like, 12 and two firsts to go from, from 12 to eight? They just bought pick 11 for three protected firsts. That's a great point. Yep. And the smallest protection on any of those picks is lottery. Is 14. The other ones are 16 and 18. Yeah. Now we have a price for a lottery pick now, right? Like that's that's what we just learned tonight. Well, partially yet. I mean, I don't think in every draft you can buy a lottery pick 100%, for three protected for sure. first. For sure. But Sam Presti continues <laughs> this reaction, this chain reaction where he identifies the team that is desperate and is willing to, to do something out of desperation and give up value. And he identified that in the Knicks and tonight, the past week, the past month, I don't know how long the Knicks have been contemplating this, but Presti identified it and then took advantage. I think we talked a lot on the show about how if Presti was going to make a move like that, like we talked a lot about if they moved back from two to four, the only way it made any sense was if it was an absolute overpay and Presti fleeced Sacramento because that's what he does. He identifies get people, GMs, front offices, ownership, whatever, who are limited and who are desperate and who need to make a move. And then he twists that towel and he gets every last little drop out of it. I feel like that's what happened tonight at 11. And, and we had a whole pot on this. And I've got homework for you, Jacob, to go back and figure out where we ranked these. But we did a entire pod on, I think it was a like it, love it, gotta have it in terms of what where you would rank the Thunder's picks. I'd be curious what we ranked the three picks that Oklahoma City traded tonight. Because I feel like we all probably said they were like 
eh, like it. Like they weren't in oh, terms that's of that's a great point, Nick. In terms Very of the picks Oklahoma City has, those probably weren't if we yeah. were ranked those, they weren't they weren't high. Very yep. good point. You now, did you did not touch any of the Clippers picks. You did not touch any of the Rockets picks. You did not touch any of your own picks. I would say those are the most important assets the Thunder have moving exactly. forward. Exactly. And then we talked about this too on the live stream. Jacob pointed this out. We were trying to piece everything together because all the different pieces of these different trades were all being tweeted out differently and separately. We're uh, whatever the Knicks gave up basically to what was that in connection with the Duran trade? Regardless, that's like, what we were able to see. Charlotte, Detroit, and yeah, New York, like yeah, <laughs> madness. We were able to see that 2023 Denver first that OKC had. Yeah, we kind of started putting the puzzle pieces together right. at that point. So yep. you had um, that the, the the Denver pick. Um, and the Washington pick. And so uh, all that being said, there were now the Thunder end up with their own 2023 pick and uh, the rights to swap for the better pick between their own pick and um, the Clippers and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The way that all played out in real time felt so surreal for us during <laughs> during the show. <laughs> Madness. Because we we were all obviously all of us thought we were going to trade up for eight or seven or six, something like that, and get Shaden Sharp or Sohan or so, someone like that. And, you know, these names keep getting checked off. Sohan goes at nine, and then Johnny Davis goes at 10. And we're like, okay, who is left that we want? And it's like, okay, there's Usman, who I have not been a fan of. There's Jalen Duran, who several of us have not been a fan of. And then, like, A.J. Griffin. So it's like, okay, who's it going to be? So Usman gets taken by the Knicks, and we scream. Put I, our phones down again. We put our phones down again. And, and basically, Silva and I are chanting A.J., <laughs> yeah, we're taking. We're like, okay, it's it's AJ, easy. And then it's Jalen Williams. And we check our phones, and it's like the the Thunder have acquired Usman Jang. And we're like, no, they just traded it. They swapped. It was so unlikely the way they traded into that. None of us, none of us could have predicted that. I knew going into this draft that Presty would do things that none of us would expect him to do, and that's exactly what happened. We did not spend much time on the podcast talking about Jalen Williams from Santa Clara or about Usman Jang. And here we are. Well, Guys, we did it. We, did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we, we did talk about Jang early. Yes, yeah, that, is true. that true. is true. I'll, I'll, I'll give us that bone. Hey, before we continue and talk about Usman Jang and the, the Jalen Williams squared, I want to tell you guys first live here on the show about some new merch that we dropped tonight. So I'm going to let Justin take over that. And then we're going to tell you about the sponsors for tonight's show as well before we continue on. We have three new shirts to celebrate the Thunder's newest draft pick in Chet Holmgren. Part of the perks of uh, feeling like Chet to OKC was confirmed for a while is we had more time to make some merch. So go check it out. CottonBureau.com. Look us up. The uncontested. The first one that you see here, bet on yourself, inspired by Chet's draft night attire. The chain with the dice and the 3-4 which he said he wore because he's betting on himself. Now you can bet on yourself. We also have uh, the waving arm inflatable tube men. If you saw Jacob's tweet from months ago, I might add, comparing Poku and Chet to the the wacky waving arm inflatable tube men, that the Action Network um, also tweeted something extremely similar tonight. I'll give him credit for pushing our merch, I guess. You can pick this up as well. And last but not least, if you're a fan of Long Boys, we got the Thin Towers. So get your nerd on. Celebrate the uh, the two towers, the twin towers, the Thin Towers on OKC. 
all available now on cottonbureau.com. So go check them out. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we are back from that break. We will update our commercial there with all the check gear very soon. We've got a draft night was kind of the beginning for us guys. I we I just want to know one. I just want to know one thing. All right, this is a really important question, like <laughs> like the most important question on this podcast. That's probably going to be asked tonight, right? Wow, wow. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm, as I'm boys? putting as I'm putting sauce on my Taco Bell. Oh, uh, yeah, good for you! Shout wife, out Johnny Davis. Wife came in clutch, homie. Uh, I got a Baja blast up in this thing. That's what Jay Ivy calls, I'm, calls I'm, his first step off the dribble. The Baja I'm blast. A, I'm having a Baja blast. Uh, <laughs> did Sam Presti's draft night 
deserve a high five? If you saw Sam Presti, my wife sees Sam Presti like once a week. Does he deserve a high five for this draft? (laughs) He does love some flower child, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh man. Uh, Yes, he does. He absolutely does. I'm, I, to your point, Kamiar, if I yes, like ranking this, I'm very pleased with his draft as a whole, but I'm also so confused that like I think I would just look at him and just be like, walk me through this. I'd give him a butt smack personally. I, Good I, game, coach. I'd kiss him. Whoa, wow. hey. Right. I was you guys both went overboard. Wow. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say, would you give him a hell yeah and a high five? But then you guys just went straight. Hell yeah, brother. You guys went straight for the hell ass. yeah, brother. <laughs> Nick, does he deserve a high five? All right, so so we talked a lot. Nick, Nick, Nick didn't get to answer, did he? Oh, Nick, go ahead. I'm sorry. Wow. High five. Yes. (laughs) Very nice. High five. We talked a lot about the the trade at 11, the Thunder basically just giving up protected picks to buy pick 11 from the Knicks. That pick we've already mentioned was Usman Jang. My first question before we dive into Usman, and again, we're not going to spend a ton of time dissecting prospects. We are going to talk a little bit about him. We were all kind of low on Usman Jank. I think that's fair. Yep. Yes. Not Nick. Nick's saying no. Okay. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Nick. And Nick, (laughs) we trust. He told us Josh Giddy had superstar potential. I will forever trust his take. Oh, my God. What is this? I would say the Usman Jang trade happened around what 8 p.m. Feels like 10 years Short. ago. T- time does not feel I real mean, at all. Don't ask me. Well, I think it's about like 8 two p.m. Days ago. It is now 11:45. So that was an illusion. That is was it? nearly four hours ago. Oh my god! I need what? to ask each of you, how much has your opinion on Usman Jang changed in the past four hours? <laughs> now that he wears an Oklahoma City hat. Have you said, oh, shit, he's got high potential. The ceiling has climbed. Where are you guys at? How many YouTube videos deep are you? It depends. Um, <laughs> no, like, um, it's the same, right? I mean, like, yes, did, did, did his stats get better over the season as he was with the Breakers? Yes, because he played more. Um, but does he have the physical tools to become a high upside defender uh, that Sam Presti we all know loves and what we've seen from the previous iterations of the Thunder? Uh, yeah, he checks those boxes. So no, my opinion really hasn't changed. Um, it's my opinion will change on whether or not he becomes a offensive weapon. I mean, Kevin O'Connor has him uh, comp to. I mean, shades of Brandon Ingram, so I'm all in. Uh, next, Brandon, Brandon Ingram here in OKC. I actually hate that comp. <laughs> I definitely love <laughs> KOC shades of. That is a wild comp. I think that is uh, not even close. He he literally took Brandon Ingram, Prime Chandler Parsons, Evan Turner, a bunch hey, of guys uh, that fit the size. One, Evan Turner one, fits. Evan Turner fits. One ish, that Usman ish. himself mentioned on the, uh, I believe it was whenever he was on with Shams. Yeah, stadium. Tonight stadium. on Stadium. Uh, he said he watched a lot of Portland era Nicholas Batum. Yeah, I, and I think that's the French connection, the, the length, French the playmaking. Win. But remember, yeah, I think that's key. It's like 
don't think yep. of the Batum. That's like the key role player for the Clippers. Like think of the the Portland. Uh, Portland Batum could hoop, man. Dude, right. in his stats in fantasy were un- incredible. <laughs> yeah, he did. almost true. Did a triple that's double. True, he but I think wild. that's key. Like what what Conger mentioned is obviously the outside shot. Another, which is a little concerning. Another player that the outside shot needs to come along for him to really be able to unlock his full potential. Um, but he's also another player that kind of seems like he needs the ball in his hands, and that concerns me a bit as well. But obviously, the defensive versatility is huge. Um, the playmaking is next level. Another one of those players, we keep talking about it over and over, who can grab the ball, uh, can rebound the ball off the rim, push it in transition, find others and, and, and create for others in transition. Like it's, you can see what Presti is going for. It's just a matter is of like, how do you develop all these players? Who's willing to sacrifice more or who's willing to, to sacrifice at the right times? Um for the betterment of the team. Can you get everybody to sacrifice? I don't even know if you have to sacrifice because like all of the things that we keep saying Presti is going for in this new era thunder. Like if you boil it down, it's this guy contributes without having to score the ball and the ball have to be in his hands. Yep. Defense passing high IQ does all the things like I don't, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I still don't know if they have their number one alpha dog score but they've got a lot of guys that do things that they can impact the game without scoring. Like yep. they're the anti palos basically. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Like that's, the, we always used to say like the thunder, the, the Carmelo PG Russ, there's only one ball. Like this is the opposite of that. Like we yep. need somebody to step up and shoot the ball. True. Is that where you uh, cash in all those picks in a player or two, Nick, to get that? Maybe. I mean, if if you can get a legit number one, whether it's Victor next year, Scoot next year, someone you trade for, someone in 2024, and then your second, third, fourth best players are Shea, Giddy, and Chet, like, you're going to be a contending team. Yeah. I mean, speaking of KOC, gave him a little hard time for his his player comps (laughs) to uh, Usman, but he did say, OKC might be his favorite young core in the NBA. Uh, granted, looking at his big board, OKC took three, I believe, of the top fifteen players um, in in his mo- or in his big board. So obviously, he's a big fan there. Uh, but I see what you're saying, Nick, and I, I think you're correct. I do think more of these players will step up. I mean, we know Shea can do that. We I, I you can see Giddy taking a bigger role there. Um, it's just fascinating. And, and maybe this is where we kind of start to dive into Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. I have to clarify because I think he's one of those players. I mean, I know we just watched a little bit of film before diving uh, or before jumping into this podcast, but even just the limited research we did. We watched you know, him for the first time 15 minutes ago. Yeah, we, we just watched him. Um, <laughs> I am now an expert. I am now an expert. He is going to be a superstar. He never misses a shot. It's, it's insane. Um <laughs> But no, like I, I, he had a lot of hype coming out of the combine, right? And, and so I think what we know from him is I think he can be one of those guys um, who will need the ball or, or, or can score with the ball. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts on Jalen Williams out sent to clear. To, I was to clarify. I was so ready to be low on the Usman pick if that came, and then it didn't come, and we drafted Jalen Williams, and I was like, "All right, I can I can deal with that." And then we took Usman anyway. So I, I feel better <laughs> just to go back. I feel better about the Usman pick since we did not have to, we were still able to get a guy like Jalen Williams in addition to Usman. Um, I like Jalen Williams the more, the more I obviously 
haven't seen that much. Seen about as much as you guys have of, of Jalen Williams at this point. Um, I've liked, like the idea of him. I like everything that I've seen so far. I like uh, what experts have to say about him. Um, super looking forward to seeing him at summer league. I think what is interesting here is again, like the defensive side of things, Henry Abbott tweeted um, after the thunder picked Jalen Williams, number one, that the thunder got three defense potential defensive monsters in this draft. And I think like the high IQ piece is, is part of it, but like this team was already good in defense. Like, look, look at their defensive rating last year. And you added Chet and, you know, potentials with Usman Jang and Jalen Williams that this team is going to only get better on the defensive side of the ball. And that that's kind of terrifying. And to the, to the earlier point of like, all you need at that point is a bucket getter. They've got a couple people that can score. They've got a you know, they can carry that load. But if you get that kind of like primary one A scoring option, that's a pretty robust team that really kind of checks the boxes that you want a contending team to check. I think checks the boxes that Sam Presti tried to check in previous iterations of the Thunder with you know that kind of like defensive prowess and scoring acumen. There, there's a path forward from what the Thunder have right now to get there that is not that far off. I like that you brought up Henry Abbott's tweet because, Jacob, what was your tweet about the the combined wingspan of the Thunder oh, draftees? Oh, I've got it somewhere here. Hold on. Sorry. I should have looked it up before I brought it. Like, <laughs> Total, the, the Thunder drafted 28 feet, 9 inches of wingspan tonight. That makes me uncomfortable. I picture, like, yes. Chet Holmgren in a bird suit. <laughs> hey, so you guys are talking about, you know, they've got potential monsters defensively. Uh Usman Jang will not be 20 years old until after next season. His birthday yep. is May 21st. He just turned 19. Like he he is young. Uh the J- Jalen Williams from Santa Clara uh is going to be 22 at the end of the season, not as young, maybe more of a a high yep. floor type of guy. But we keep saying like, oh, they got all these great defensive guys. Now they really need the dude that can go get a bucket. Yep. Here's the thing. They just drafted 19, 20, and 21, and 21-year-olds. I think the hope is you don't have to go find the guy that can get a bucket because one of these guys ends up being the guy that can get the bucket. You know? And Mm -hmm. I'm low on Usman Jang, I'll be honest. I can see the potential though, right? You kind of got to squint to see it. You, you got to tilt your head a little bit, but there's, there's something there. I think, again, they just drafted a crazy amount of wingspan tonight. I think defensively, <laughs> this team's going to take a step forward. And this is a team that whenever they were playing everyone last year, they were a top 12 defense in the NBA. Yep. Right. But I think so we have, kinda... go ahead. It just like on the, on the point of, Find the guy who can create the bucket or can, can get you a bucket when it's needed. Again, this is a topic that we just don't have time to dive into tonight. And uh, we'll have all the time in the offseason to dive into it. What does this say about how highly, how highly uh, Presty thinks of Shea, Shea Gilchrist Alexander? Yeah. What if he's that guy? And or Trey Mann. Yeah, I've been thinking true, about Trey Mann a true. lot during this process, Kamiar. Yep. Okay. We've, we've talked about Usman. Quite a bit here. Uh, the guy the Thunder took at 11. Let's talk about the very next pick as Mando makes an appearance on the pod. <laughs> Let's talk about the very next pick. Pick number 12, Jalen Williams. Number one, 
out of Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Six, same six, six, seven. Same but, conference as Gonzaga. Yeah, yep. uh, he and Chet have been working out this whole pre-draft yep. process together. Same. Uh, they shared the How same convenient. agent. How convenient! Yeah. Shared the same agent. Um, Jalen Williams, six six, with a seven foot two wingspan. Woo! The Thunder draft and nobody that has less than seven feet of wingspan tonight. I think that's uh, that's uh, fascinating and probably intentional. This man can tie his shoes standing up. No crap, dude. <laughs> And this dude has some sauce, like his ability to create for himself. He's got some bounce. Uh, He's got a nice looking stroke from three shot, nearly 40% on the year. Catch and shoots were awesome. Yeah. I think uh, we were, we were checking some of the stats before we got on the podcast. 48, 48% catch and shoot three point shooter. Yep. And do. 48% 48% catch and shoot when you're joining a team that has Shea, Josh Giddy, Chet, and we just talked about how good of a passer Usman Jang is. This kid's going to get nothing but catch and shoots in the league. Yep. It was, do it was, actually, it was actually 49.3, I think. <laughs> Wild. Even better. And like, even better. Like, Trey tomato, Man. tomato. Trey Mann has like all the sick moves, right? Like it's weird to see his ankle go almost like parallel to the ground on a step back. That's stupid. They are sick. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, Jalen Williams, he's not that type of guard, uh, but he definitely his him in the pick and roll is, is really really nice. He's got size. Um, he is a great defender and those catch and shoot splits are just stupid from the corners. Um, you just like, again, okay. he's adding shooting. Chet is a shooter. Chet like has good percentages. And of course he's said openly, he wants to be in the 50, 40, 90 club. Um, and I concur. Uh, I would also like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. I, you know, I would love that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, I, I'm 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 happy. I I I was really happy with Jalen Jay, uh, Jalen when he was drafted. Uh, I, my my biggest thing was who is if Presti if Presti stays pat, doesn't deal Lou, and picks at twelve. I want him to nail number twelve, and I was really happy with what I got at twelve. I think what's important to note is like with both of these picks, Usman and. Jalen Williams, like, I think Presty got his guy. Like, there was a lot of fluidity in the middle of this draft. Everybody talked about talked about it. Of like, kind of once you got out of the early lottery, like this draft just really kind of opened up, and there was a lot of variance in opinion. That, as much as we talked about the Thunder trading up, I think Presty felt like he didn't have to, and rather traded in. I think that's what's interesting considering Jang. You know, Jacob, you you kind of were were joking when you said, like, how has your opinion changed on Jang in the last two hours? Part of what changes my opinion on Jang is the fact that Presty thought he was worth three draft picks. Like, to me, that says more than anything any tape could say, because Presty's not going to make that move lightly. Similarly with Jalen Williams, like, if he's staying pat at 12, he got Jang, and, like, this is who he wanted. He didn't feel like he had to trade up to get somebody else. I, I feel good about that 
does this part of the draft have a lot more variance? Absolutely. Am I guaranteeing that both of these guys turn into, you know, super awesome NBA players just because Sam Presti picked them? No, it doesn't. You don't have to go that far back in the draft to see misses with Darius Baisley or Terrence Ferguson or guys like that. He doesn't always hit, but I think that the fact that he wanted him and spent to get Jang and didn't trade up and took Jalen Williams. I think that says something because unlike the years where they took Darius Baisley or Terrence Ferguson, those years they didn't have the ability to change their pick very much. This year they did, and this is who they chose, and I think that that says a lot. What do you, you, think, also what do you think happens on tonight's draft if Zhang isn't taken at 11 and he's sitting there at 12? And the Thunder don't make a move? Yeah. I think they take him at 12. That's no, a really I, I interesting. Totally agree. But what and do you then think? Trade up to try and get Williams out of Nick. I was just thinking this. Like Justin, you bring up an incredible point that Presty didn't trade three first rounders because he was like, "Oh, screw it, we'll take a swing on this guy." Right. It's like that's my guy. Yep. I want that guy. I am ready to spend for that guy. And then I don't think he just said, "Well, screw it, we got pick twelve too." Right. He said that it, it's the 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 meme, the why not both? <laughs> That's what Presti did tonight. Exactly. Right? Why why make a decision on one of those two guys when you can get both of them? Yep. And we there also know there were multiple teams linked to Jang. He was rising up, quote unquote, rising up draft boards. This is where you can kind of start to use those reports and start to piece them together. We know Cleveland, they acquired an additional second rounder. Uh, earlier before the draft started today, they were uh, highly connected to Jang, obviously trying to trade up to get him. Uh, I, I know the Spurs were thinking about him potentially at pick nine, the end of going Sohan. I think there are a lot of teams that were interested in him. And this was, again, Presti's off. That might be why some people might think this was a bit of an overpay. Like if those other offers aren't on the table, if this is a Poku situation, maybe Presti doesn't have to give up three protected first round picks, right? But to Justin's point, like you do that, A, because you have the luxury, B, because no other teams are wanting him, C, because you took advantage of the the Knicks who were in a position needing those picks to make other moves, and you're still able to get your other guy and Jalen Williams at a epic 12, which I do find interesting that his agent is also Bill Duffy. I didn't realize that until you said that, Jacob. Yep. That's fascinating. Um, Last thing on Jang, and then let's move on. Let's finish talking about Jalen Williams one so we can go talk about Jalen Williams two. <laughs> Jang is by far the youngest guy they drafted tonight. I think we are all in agreement that he is the most raw prospect they drafted tonight. They also drafted four rookies tonight. They currently have 19 players on roster. They're going to have to make some cuts. 20. 20 players on roster. Yeah. yeah so we, we got cuts coming. Yep. Where does Usman Jang play more games that next season? Thunder or blue? I I was thinking blue. I was thinking that there are going to be teams that are, they're going to be players that are going to stick with the organization and be sent to the blue for the entire year. Uh, I, I think, I think Jang's 100% blue. I think um, he's far by far the most raw prospect OKC has right now. Uh, I always throw out of the ones that they've signed, right? I, I agree. I was thinking blue as well, but like 
Where he'll I, play I guess, Thunder minutes, he's right? And yeah, also, I think he'll yeah, spend yeah, most yeah, of his yeah, time yeah, with yeah. the blue. But into the season, right? That's where I think it could get oh, a little interesting. Possibly. Justin, but, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do we know like how many games? I'm looking it up. Uh, I was just gonna be lazy. I'm looking up like how many games did Poku spend in the G League last year versus NBA? Because for me, I I think it'll be somewhat similar. Um to where I think they're going to be okay getting him some NBA experience. Uh, maybe it's closer to Poku's first season than last season, potentially. Last season, Poku played 11 games with the blue. I think it's going to be more than that for Jang. Um, 25, 30? More? I would imagine 25 blue games for him. Yeah. 11 is honestly less than I thought in my head when I went to look it up. It felt like a Me lot too. longer. Yeah. Um, the point being like maybe, so maybe closer to Poku's first season, um, get him a good, good, healthy G league stint, but I think they're going to put him out there. And, um, especially at the latter half of the season, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go all in and tank again, but I'm not, not saying that and putting Usman Jang in a heavy rotation, position is a probably a pretty good way to do that and a little more stealthy than previous seasons i agree with you yeah i mean like uh, again we're developing them i'm not i'm not leaning into the conspiracy that they're faking injuries but like barring some drastic injuries give usman jang 30 minutes a night and you're gonna lose some ball games yep i think he plays more than you think thunder thunder minutes i could could see him i could see him being a guy that constantly rotates between the thunder and the blue that a guy that's getting in a ton of games i could see i could see as much as he sticks with the blue uh, as much as i could see that as much as he sticks with the blue um either one i don't think there's like really much of an in-between i i definitely think he kind of along the same line of thinking as as you all i think first half the season like pre-all-star break mostly in the blue if he plays if he plays for the thunder i think it's going to be like 10 minutes uh in garbage time something like that but second half of the season especially depending on the thunder's record and kind of what what their trajectory is at that point in the season uh you could see his minutes tick up quite a bit all right uh any more thoughts on santa clara's jalen williams before we move on i think we talked about the the spot shooting is going to be incredible the ability to kind of create his own shot he he doesn't have a lot of like I, th- I think it was Taylor that said this. He doesn't have a lot of quick twitch athleticism. But it has he, some explosion. He's, but he has some explosive athleticism. He can rise above the rim. He's especially going to the basket. He's got some really funky, unique style finishes that are Shea-esque. These like long, leaning finger rolls. These mm-hmm. uh, The going off the dribble, never collecting the dribble, and just going straight from a dribble to a lefty scoop. Uh, these really unique finishes at the cup that I think are really fun. So global scouting, probably my last thoughts on Jalen Williams. Uh, Santa Clara, Jalen, have to clarify, ranks in the 90. This is from uh, May 26, around the combine time. Ranks in the 97th per- percentile on spot-ups. Ranked in the 87th percentile as a cutter. Uh, 86th percentile as PNR ball handler. We talked a little about that pre-pod, uh, us three. Ranks in the 86th percentile on floaters at the rim. You just talked about that, Jacob. And then ranks in the 83rd percentile in transition, which, like I keep saying, take, that's when this team is at their best. Take out 
the PNR ball handling. Because he won't have to do that. Everything else fits like a glove. The spot shooting, the cutting, the transition. When you've got a guy like Josh Giddy and Shea Gilchrist Alexander on the court with you, that is exactly the type of player you need. This is just straight up hand in the glove. It, it fits. You can have some really fun lineups, I think, next season with plugging in Jalen Williams. Like Shea, Trey Mann, Jalen Williams, Giddy, Chet. Like, that's a blast. I just had a, this isn't an epiphany, but a thought. It's a rare one at midnight after we've been literally on a show for five hours and a radio hit earlier. It's a little bit of Kenrich Williams in him. Hmm. Spot shooter, can handle a little bit in a pinch, can get out and transition, cuts really well. I'm not saying like he's a underselling Jalen Williams a lot. Well, I'm just saying like the style of play. So I mentioned this to you guys earlier as well, but juiced uh, up Kenny KOC says shades of TJ Warren and OG Ananobi and OG is a fun one. If he becomes OG Ananobi small for OG, if he becomes OG Ananobi, you've literally hit the jackpot. Let's move on. To pick 34, Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Jalen Williams, two of two. The, the other one was number one of two. The, the rare Jalen Williams eclipse. You don't see those very often. <laughs> first off, my first question, how the hell are we going to differentiate these two? And how the hell are we going to get Michael Cage to differentiate these two? Prayers up for Michael Cage, Chris Fisher, and Matt Pinto tonight. Um, <laughs> that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, dude, I'm just ready for the triple Williams lineup. Shout out to uh, in the in our <laughs> draft live stream earlier, Carrie Cicero coined the phrase three Willie. Oh, we've already tweeted the image. Have you not seen and it then, yet? And then DM does a <laughs> okay. picture of it. So go, go check that oh, out because it's so glorious. Awesome. Three Willie is fabulous. Um, I, this one's interesting because, you know, we started talking about this on, on our live stream as well of like he had a potential – if he came back to school to like be one of the top players in the SEC to potentially, you know, help his draft stock and become a little bit more valuable next year. And I think Presty kind of sees that opportunity of like a buy low moment, get him in your system, develop him instead of playing another year of college ball, like get him in the thunder facility, let him play in the G league, let him play in the NBA, get around these guys and see what you can do with them. OKC's um, a big fan of that, Justin. All yeah. the way back to Przingis. Getting yeah. a guy a year early. I didn't realize Jalen Williams was that young until I literally just Googled him. He's younger than Usman. Uh, by wild. about a month. That's wild. I, this I got guy... A, the same birthday. Uh, oh, wait, no. I have, the, I have that backwards. I'm sorry. He's older than a month. He will turn... Okay. He will turn 20 five days from now. We have the same birthday. Wow. Wait, so, so he's no, he's then he's eleven months or he's eleven months older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got gotcha. you. Usman Jang just turned nineteen a month ago. Jalen Williams turns twenty in five days. There you go. I had it backwards. Apologies. Still, that's really young. My yeah. first thought with this pick, um, forward, bouncy, can block shots. Uh, six Takes foot charges. ten, another wide wingspan. We talked about a roster crunch earlier because they got 20 guys on roster. You ready for this? Oh, he's a rugby replacement. Let it rip. Let it rip. 
He's the Derek Favors replacement because they're about to Ooh, buy him. Oh, there it is. Yes. Whoa. Keep like, Mike like Muscala as the vet. Yep. Mike Muscala is the perfect Chet Whisperer. Never let him go. <laughs> they're both from Minnesota. Mike Muscala and Chet. Mm. It's perfect. Love it. You you go ahead and you ship off Derek Favors and and Jalen Williams the second uh, assumes this position. I like it. I like it a lot. There's not much of a position to assume in, in Favors place, but I get what you mean. His roster spot for sure. Um, He's assuming the position of the Favors chalk outline on the <laughs> on the pavement. <laughs> it's just so interesting because like the way that the way the the league is now. The way the league is now in comparison to the way the league was, um, you know, 10 years ago or even five years ago, right? I mean, 10 years ago, you're looking at, you have a big, like a legitimate, like maybe five and four. And uh, then you hit the Splash Bros era, uh, which spurs on what happens in Houston uh, with everything, just three and D. Yeah, just like all that crazy stuff. Um, Someone's doing a scouting and, report right now. Um, I gotta know which Jalen Williams you're watching right now. It was, it was, it was, it was me watching uh, Arkansas one earlier. Uh, but um, um, it's interesting because like there are no real stretch fours anymore in the league. Remember, because like we went from having fives and bigger fours to then oh well, it's a stretch four so now you only have like you know a big and that's like slightly mobile and then you have a stretch four now those fours aren't even really stretch fours anymore they're just bigger wings yeah. um and Good so point. like kevin durant tweeted this out tonight actually and he's right it's a wings league like two through four doesn't matter anymore and sometimes one through four doesn't even matter anymore it's wild it's very fair. Anybody else have Arkansas Jalen Williams thoughts? You know, I wish I had some. I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had more. I wish I had anything. Better I'm good good I'm- passer for his position. Yeah. I mean, I Takes saw him play. I saw him play when o- OU beat them this past season. Um, um over in Tulsa, I think. Um yeah. he is good. I mean, OU, that OU team was all right. I mean, they weren't anything to brag about, but he definitely looked way better than what OU was putting on the floor uh, when they were there and when they were on. So, I mean, he's he was a good college prospect, but I'm just curious to see what he's going to translate like to the NBA. Like you guys just said, you're shipping out Derek Favors, and he's kind of taking a spot. And like now you have Darius Baisley, who plays at three and four. You got Poku playing at a three, four, five. Chet playing at four or five. You have a ton of dudes that they're positionless. Again, it's it's positionless basketball. You just happen to have one guy that usually brings the ball up the court. I left everybody speechless. You did. Um, anybody else? Any thoughts on Jalen Williams from Arkansas? I think he's interesting. We'll see what he does. Nick, you mentioned earlier, uh, not on the pod. That he's, you questioned, is he a two-way guy? Where, where do you stand on that right now, Nick? Um, I, I think he should. Not not that he's not good enough to play in the NBA next season, but I think for roster reasons, it makes sense. He's probably going to play in the G League a bunch anyways. Might as well 
stick them there, and that's three guys you got to worry about crunching instead of four. And I think if you put them on a two way, and there's three spots you got to figure out, cut one of or trade one of uh, Jamichael Green and Derek Favors, and then you just got to decide between Veet, Roby, Teo, and Ty. And that's it's not hard to find two of those guys to kick out mm-hmm. the door. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. We've been going for about an hour and 10 minutes now. It's been a long day. I want to close on some big thoughts. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to throw my stuff out there. I threw it's together. been a long day. I want to close on some really complex stuff. <laughs> it's past midnight. Here are my four bullet points. One, what the hell happened? Two, how do we feel? Three, how does all of this fit together? And four, what should we expect moving forward? So let's not all answer each one of those. But from what the hell happened, how do we feel about it? How does everything fit? And what does this look like moving forward? Let's get each person's kind of closing final draft night big thoughts on on one of those things, a couple of those things, whatever. Kind of our, our closing statements, if you will. Because holy crap, we got a lot of content coming your guys' way. Tomorrow we'll be on Colin talking all about these prospects. Sunday we'll have a show, a regular podcast. Monday we'll have Colin. Next Wednesday we'll have a show. That's the 29th. Uh, Friday, July 1st, we'll have another Colin. And I believe that's the first Utah Summer League game. We're talking a week away, folks. The week after that, we will be out in Vegas for summer league, bringing you guys all kinds of content. Like it doesn't stop. This is kind of the tip of the iceberg. We got so much more crap coming your guys' way. So just some, some final ideas, thoughts, etc., from each of us before we log off tonight, whoever wants to take the floor, go for it. Also, we have the sixth man show, uh, the Orlando magic podcast that came on with us. Uh, in the comments right now, which is awesome. Congrats on Paulo, guys. Um, I know they were super excited about it. So cool to see them checking out the stream right now. I, I guess I'll just go like to your bullet point about final thoughts or where is this heading? I sent this to you guys just now, uh, but Joe Masato, the Oklahoman, he, he's there in person tonight doing fantastic work, uh, work with these prospects and some getting some uh, in-person interviews. So we mentioned the Bill Duffy connection, right? Being the agent of both Chet and Jalen Williams, uh, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Pick, we really got to find a way to differentiate the two. Pick uh, pick 12 Jalen Williams, not pick 34 Jalen Williams. And he asked uh, about the Thunders. Uh, sorry. Lotto, Lotto Jalen. Lotto Jalen. Very, I like that. I, I vote big man, six foot 10, 250 Jalen is Big Willie. Big Willie, little Willie. <laughs> And then the other Jalen is just Jalen. I don't want to call him Little Willie. That feels offensive. <laughs> We're in a dark place now. He's Away. not very small. Either. I mean, 6'6". Six, six. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uncontested after dark. Anyway, so Joe has this this interview with where got to uh, talk to Bill Duffy. And Duffy uh, said about the Thunder's night, they're recalibrated and they're ready to turn it up. I think that last year might have been, last season might have been the bottom of the barrel. The, uh, the valley, and we're about to start heading back uphill towards competition again. I'm going to go off a similar, tan- uh, kind of not tangent, but similar like, kind of way that Taylor's did. Um, 
this team is pretty it's pretty clear like what they're what they're wanting um they want length uh really tall long guys that are multi-positional um they want guys that can shoot the basketball uh that not that's not used to being the case i mean usually and anytime okc would draft somebody or they would trade for somebody you would hear uh they're raw and athletic uh raw but really athletic which meant he can't shoot that equated he can't shoot in everybody's brains um to see that how well of a three-point shooter they're getting in chet holmgren how well of a three-point shooter uh they're getting in jalen um and that's the Jalen from Santa Clara. I didn't look at the shooting splits from uh, Williams from Arkansas. Um, <laughs> and so Nick's giving me a thumbs down. So sounds like a, a no-go. Um, but also, also KC invests a little bit more long-term in a guy that, again, positionless basketball, is great at cutting, slashing, um, playmaker, tall, ball handling, etc. A, a bunch of guys that can do a lot of things for you, and you can teach them other things, and you're also getting them young, um, in, in some cases a year ahead, like they said, for Arkansas, even though he still w- is going to be a little bit older than the guys when they uh, when he would shape and form. But uh, it's pretty clear to see what they're doing. Um, they used to have specialists on the team, right? I mean – you would have KDB, the dude that did it all. You had Andre Robertson be the guy that D's up somebody, but that's it. You had an anchor at a, at center that's, you know, uh, you know, kind of weaving and bobbing and basically just doing what he should be doing in pick and roll situations on defense and that in setting screens. That's it. Um, and the wings may or may not shoot very well at all. And now this iteration of the Thunder, there are lots of guys that can do several things um, and several things for you very well. And to Nick's point, I think that OKC may still be searching for their Batman um, or maybe that's Shea and you'll see that come out in the next couple of years and they may have already drafted their Robin. We have no idea um, in Chet, but who knows? Uh, but it's pretty clear where they're heading and what direction they want to go in. I'd say my big takeaway is that the Thunder and Sam Presti got the number one guy on their board. I think the with the excitement of lottery night and getting, you know, pick two, it's easy to interpret that as like, you know, okay, the Thunder get the second best player in the draft. But I think the 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 flip side of that is just because another team wants them or just because, you know, the consensus analyst boards say this doesn't mean Sam Presti views it that way. And I think, you know, what Nick laid out earlier, I think is spot on. The fact that we had all this Jabari smoke and then it switched to Paulo and the whole time Chet never wavered means that if Thunder get pick one, they're taking Chet. If Thunder get pick three, they're taking Chet. They get pick two and they're taking Chet. That that means last season enabled the Thunder to go get the number one guy that Sam Presti wanted to get. And that's huge. And then you got a guy in Usman Jang, regardless of kind of like how you feel about him, that Presti wanted to go spend some draft capital on. That's huge too. In terms of like this rebuild, it this feels like a milestone night because neither of those things happened last year. Sam Presti didn't get his number one guy. We heard talks about, 
offers that were made for Evan Mobley, who I'd venture to say was probably Presti's number one guy. I'm sure Cade was up there, but like Mobley's up there as well. He didn't get either of them. He got Josh Giddy, who's great, but this is different and it feels different. We'll see if he, if he hits, if he's right, if his board was correct. He's got a great track record. He's been right before. And I think that's that's what feels exciting about it. Um, it. That's what makes it feel like this thing is has turned a corner a little bit. We'll see how it plays out. But I think, you know, Presti's track record, he's he's earned the benefit of the doubt on that front. I'll be short and sweet. Oklahoma City now has three of their five long-term starters. They're over halfway there. And it took two and a half years to get there. We Are all they living on a prayer? <laughs> We, expect, oh we expected five years, six years, so the, the timeline is, like, the rebuild is on track. Yeah, I'll just say, I'll, I'll keep it short also. I, I went in hoping Presti would allow the players to declare themselves. Like he said, he that's, that was his goal, um, and, and he did that. He was, oppor- he was opportunistic, and this roster now has positional flexibility, versatility at nearly every position. Uh, so I'm just pumped, pumped for next season. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway where this is going I think we're starting to see a very clear line of what type of team they are wanting to build. And to me, that team looks like a defensive minded, long team that is versatile, plays five out and wants everybody that's on the court to be able to grab the ball off the rim after they get a stop. And there's no Steven Adams getting a rebound and outletting to Russell Westbrook. They don't give a shit who rebounds the ball. When you get it, you go. You've got Shea. You've got Josh. You've got Lou. You've got Trey. You've got Chet. You've got Jalen. You've got Usman. Whenever they start coming down the court, you've got five, six, six or taller dudes pushing, filling lanes, filling to the corners, and shit, the 7-1 guy might be the one leading the break. <laughs> They've kind of embraced this long, lanky, defensive, everyone can can dribble past shoot. And I think that's a very interesting team concept, but I think it is very clear to me now that that is the direction that they're going. Awesome. Hey, I don't even know how to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in ever since the lottery tuned in tonight, our draft live stream, which spanned three hours and 41 minutes. I never in my wildest dreams imagined we'd have that many people watching us live. That's insane. And then it's midnight right now. It's 1220. And we've still got 130 people in the stream here just on YouTube right now. That's not counting Facebook. That's not counting Twitter. Just Absolutely, absolutely insane. Uh, We really, really appreciate you guys. And like I mentioned, this is the tip of the iceberg. We're just getting started. There's so much more coming your guys' way. They just got the guys. Now we get to cover them playing basketball. It's going to be an absolute blast. Hey, before we get out of here, got to mention the NBA draft, mock draft contest that we did. We got a winner. Yes. Uh, I know the winner on Twitter, so I'll reach out. Reach out. Bryson McGowan is our winner. Um, He won by three points. His final score was 110. Chet Skittles was 107. (laughs) Um, Jaden Lee, 23, was 100. 
So we had some pretty close ones there. Uh, but Bryson, we're going to get you a jersey of Jalen Williams or Jalen Williams uh, or Usman <laughs> Jang or Chet Holmgren or whoever you want, really. Uh, we'll hook you up with that. Make sure to check out our store. We've got a ton of really cool uh, new Chet gear. Um, probably give away some of that stuff, too, coming forward. Uh, we don't have built-in outro music, I don't think for this pod. So we're just going to cut it here. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Follow us on all socials, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Also go sign into the Colin app, make an account, follow us there because we will be live tomorrow evening on Colin. You guys have a great, great, great Friday, the day after the draft. We'll have so much more coming your way. So keep it here with the uncontested until then. And as always, Shut the freaking bed, man.